It's a discrimination to nerds everywhere, okay? It's racist. I'm in my bag, bitch, huh? I'm on your ass, bitch, huh? I'm in that new, new shit. You on that last year, huh? Bitch, I do pimp shit, huh? Oh, you on simp shit? Aye. He said you all about money, yeah. I'm on that cash So, we recorded an episode. And my side of the audio did not record. Two sixty-six percent of us yes. were recording an episode. Sixty-six <laughs> percent of us recorded an excellent episode for our wonderful audience. But my side of the recording did not record. So we're gonna try this again. Again. Um this episode will be about Megan the Stallion and Tory Lanes, two of the biggest hip-hop superstars that came into 2020, the year of the quarantine, and was able to use their platforms and able to use their music and their entertainment to give the people at home something to look forward to on a regular basis. Megan with her song Savage, which was huge as far as TikTok goes and just socially, that record was big. Tory Lanez more so on IG. He had Quarantine Radio, which was uh, like a daily, a daily entertaining platform for people i assumed that both tori and megan was going to leave the quarantine period and just be you know king and queens of this time of 2020 but as we all know it didn't really work out like that so we're going to discuss megan tori and all things between those two today this is something to say podcast but i think the one thing that we i think the one thing that and we're going to get into everything that, you know, as far as Megan and Tory goes. But I think the first time around, I think the one part that we probably didn't get into as much that we could start off with is just the fact that Megan got a Beyonce record. First of all, first of like, all. Megan Thee Stallion has a Beyonce record. This is this is the correct note to begin on. Absolutely. Um, coming... Megan's like what two years into the game, essentially. Like if we were counting off from like Big Old Freak, and Tina. Yeah, Stone. I would say yeah, yeah, I would say two years really. So really, to be two years into the game, and emerge with a call from Beyonce, saying that she wants to do a Savage remix. In this economy, I mean that's nothing short of miraculous. <laughs> Hometown. H time coming down. Exactly. No, but exactly. the thing that was, I think that was dope about the Savage remix, I think, was that I mean everybody likes rapper Beyonce, right? Like people love, like, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday on uh August 2nd. So Black is King just came out what Friday night. And so, you know, Beyonce is always gonna have uh people's attention regardless of what she does. But anytime Beyonce raps and anytime Beyonce is like talking greasy, like that's always that's always gonna give the people what they want. And like I don't see like I don't think there's anybody I don't think there's anybody that she could do a song with right now other than Megan that would open up that kind of space that's like this is the Beyonce that we want with that that literally what the hook is talking about like <laughs> nasty and and goofy and flashy and however the TikTok day. If you can see me doing it, this is a podcast and you can't see me, but I'm whatever whatever the dance is, that's the dance that I'm doing right now while I'm saying these things. So just so you can visualize the me doing the TikTok. I'll just I'll give y'all that. 
If anybody wants Feel to help us to figure out this uh, video chat, split screen, uh, Brady Bunch situations, that would be much appreciated <laughs> just so that we could see the dance moves happen in real time. Um, in real time. But yeah, absolutely. For me, rapper Beyonce is like very nostalgic because mo- one of my favorite Destiny's Child songs is Soldier, actually. And so even though she's not like full-fledged rapper, really? it kind of like gives off that energy. Yeah. I can see Megan on Soldier. I never. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. She she might have she might have watched Tipping Wayne on Soldier had she been out during that time. <laughs> I mean, maybe she was in middle school at that time. So who even knows, really? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe when could. Soldier came out, yeah, maybe was probably like a whole seven year old. How old is that song? <laughs> like, when did Soldier come out? Two thousand nine. No. No, it's before it's <laughs> like what? Jesus. How old do you think Beyonce is? Like, I feel like that song is. Beyonce is over 40. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that song couldn't drop in 2009. Like, that's when that Chris Brown and Rihanna situation happened. Like, just oh, yeah, think about right. that. Yeah, <laughs> really just, just think about, like, where we were in 2009. Like, that song. Nah. But I think it was like, what? 2000, maybe what, 04 going oh. into 05, 03 going into 04. It's one of those time period pieces. It's a period piece. It's a period piece. But I think it says a lot about Megan's age and like how she can enter the game now for one, Beyonce, to still have her relevancy uh, and to give her a verse for one on such a, so early in her career. Like I think it's still early for Meg. So for Beyonce to, to deem her someone that like I need to collaborate with this person now, like I need to grace her record with a remix. I think it says a lot about where Meg's trajectory is currently. Like that's such a huge boost. Like I don't even like, imagine if Beyonce got sure. on, on Bodeck Yellow. You know, like Cardi B didn't get a Beyonce remix. It's not like that is just handed out to everybody. It's still to uh, some some honor to have that verse, to have that hook, to have whatever from Beyonce. So to kind of think that we got that in 2020 and now to kind of see where we are, we're, we're discussing a situation where one of the biggest young stars in the game was like assaulted, attacked, who knows what actually happened and who knows how it's going to be framed when everything comes out about the situation. But something occurred between Megan and Tory Lanez where she ended up with two like wounds to her feet. From mm-hmm. a gun. Right. Yeah. right. Like, that's major. For someone that's just coming off the high of a Beyonce record. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 I feel like this week. Sh- same- no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and this is something, you know, this is Beyonce doing this, you know. We're not talking about, like, oh, this is the this is the artist with the, the number one record in the country or has some crazy cry. Meg is like a up in... I mean, she's successful. She has several hits under her belt now, but she's an up-and-coming artist. We're not talking about Beyonce waiting until Meg is, you know, has a number one record in the country for 20 weeks to hop on this remix. She's like, oh, no, I'm ready for this right now. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can get one of these early. Like, I mean, without comparing to any other names, like, I don't think that anyone just gets a Beyonce record this fast into their career. Like, that's just not something that, I see her doing like that. Yeah, because Savage is like her first top... The remix is like her first top five hit for Megan, right? Right. Got you. Got you, got you. Okay, so... Yeah. So maybe we didn't have like a technical song of the summer because we, on the Some To Say podcast, have come to acknowledge that summer just hasn't happened. 
this year. It has not happened. Has not happened at all. But in this couple months time, Savage has in been his hot weather in his hot weather period. Correct. Uh, the Savage remix has been big, along with you know the Rockstar Rockstar by the Baby stuff like that. So you have Megan, you have Tori. Um, with his quarantine radio kind of showing a side of him that personally I'd never been privy to. I'd never really expected him to have a personality, but here he is. Here he is endearing himself to people and kind of showing this side of himself that honestly could have paid off in the much longer run. I think we're in an age where we want our celebrities and our musicians to be very approachable, to feel like you're hanging out with them constantly. And so... I could see for Tori that being a huge asset for him. You know, that could have paid yeah, off no, beyond he, he, the pandemic. For sure. I mean, I wasn't a Tory Lanez fan at all. I mean, like I heard I've heard his songs. I've heard some of them that sound good. I know that he could rap, but like I just don't care. There was I had nothing to invest in with Tory Lanez whatsoever. But when he started doing his black Casey Kasem thing on quarantine radio, I was like, oh, okay, like this dude might actually have something of value for me to when I see his name, like, okay, let me at least watch to see if he's going to be entertaining. But in the, in the aftermath of everything that took place after this, this pool party somewhere in the hills of Los Angeles, I just, it's hard for me to think that it'll just ever be the same for him. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to come back because I feel like people just don't, People just don't invest in whatever canceling is these days to the, to the extent of, you know, uh, no one's ever going to listen to him again. I'm sure right now his Spotify numbers probably took a hit, but they're still there. Like, like I'm sure he's still spinning somewhere in some spaces. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether he gets the, the same type of uh you know, internal industry backlash is Chris Brown because, you know, radio stations had dropped Chris Brown records for a while and, you know, he wasn't able to uh, get the same type of machine going that he normally would have had. And Tory Lanez is obviously is nowhere close to Chris Brown as far as, you know, level of popularity or, you know, amount of effect of the marketplace as far as the hit records that are spinning, that are making, you know, radio stations millions of dollars. But, I mean... You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, something you mentioned in the first recording, job was of what T Pain did to kind of test yeah. the temperature of a uh, Tory Lanez, T Pain, Ty Dolla Signs record. Can you remind us what that tweet said? Yeah, uh, T Pain back on July eighteenth. He said, "All right, so what's the temperature on Tory? Because I was about to drop this drop a song with him and Dolla Sign, and it's like." You know, when you've reached that point to where other artists have to publicly ask, is it okay for me to release this record without y'all canceling me along with this toxic person that I did this song with? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I guess it's a sign of the times as far as people feeling that the the pressure of quote unquote cancellation or the, the pressure of I don't want to be the one at the end of the public public's you know uh, whipping stick yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't want to i don't want to be at the end of that so let me just tread very lightly when i go about these things well listen but, at least he asked at least he could t-pain can engage uh, yeah. in this sort of focus group situation right now because if you remember when t-pain was like really gaining steam like who was like his partner in crime a lot of the times it was chris brown oh, so wow. even 
if you think about it, like he's could have gone that done that same rodeo again, but instead he was just like, so how would y'all feel? And even okay, hey. like maybe he didn't have to ask the question, but it's probably better that he asked the question than to just. I- I'd rather him ask and people look at him and be mad for him asking, right? Than to just put it out there and then try to ask for forgiveness because I know that people like that that like you know ask for permission of ask for forgiveness before ask permission. But if you're an artist and you're depending on fans to support you and whatever your endeavors are you really can't be rolling the dice in that kind of way if you want to continue to get support now it depends on also i guess what kind of artist you are because in the same breath that i'm saying that you've got you know 50 cent and cameron and like other artists of major note who are also making jokes and like saying inappropriate things about the situation so it it is like it's just weird to think that there are artists who wouldn't care about the not even just the public perception, but just like being a mature adult or not making jokes at, you know, this woman's expense. But I don't know. I mean, maybe that's asking too much of people. <laughs> well, I think um, Taylor Crumpton's piece for Harper Bazaar was like spot on in that point. Right. Which is that. You know, regardless of whatever social media era we're in right now, um, black women have had to take the fall for like in hip hop in general. Just like there's always been a D Barnes. There's always been um, like Lil' Kim and the notorious like B.I.G. situation. Uh, There's always been these moments where it's like, unfortunately, you know, black women have to be the victims to these men who get forgiven time and time again, who are able to kind of continue to build off their careers and to continue to move forward um, just despite everything. And I think it kind of speaks to, I guess, the lack of humanity that we give to black women like Megan. Right. It's, it's going to have its ramifications. I think like social media as a whole, we're always going to react to things but we, we definitely need to consider the implications of the situations and how we should react to them respectfully. Uh, these are people's lives. Like, celebrities are people, too. I mean, no one needs to say that in 2020. But I do believe when you are underneath the microscope of the world and everyone's able to watch your every move and we're so used to having commentary on people's lives, like, there's obviously, like, a knee-jerk reaction to go to Twitter the first time you see a headline, the first time you hear a thing, or what have you. But the the complete lack of grace for Megan in the Tory situation, uh, it really showed the, this, this large issue, especially when it comes to men and, and being able to have such a loud voice when it comes to problems of this nature, violence, uh, domestic issues. Like you have to look at these as, as serious offenses. This is just not something that you can uh, make into a meme or utilize for retweets or whatever. Like you just can't, you can't disrespect someone's life like that. I mean, you say that you can't make it into a meme, but yo, really like the start of this conversation was like two weeks ago in our group chat where you were like, um, you had pulled up or I guess like come across rather all these like Tory Lanes done set the tone 
for this summer, like, you know, shot girl summer, shit like that. And it was crazy to see them all compiled on like a single screen. Right. It was like a like a thread of guys reacting to the the shooting as if that that was like, oh, this is the energy now. Like we are going to be uh, shooting women in 2020. You know, like that, that's, it was, it was made into something that was obviously tasteless, but to kind of see that it was like, almost like a hashtag, almost like an ongoing flowing joke, just really, it said a lot. But it's crazy because if like, if their favorite, if their favorite, the YBN, NLE, ABC, XYZ, little small jump, like whoever rapper had gotten shot like these would be the same people on twitter like crying or shedding tears or like or you know whatever the thing is so it's like why is it it's just weird to have that reaction and it's like it's supposed to be funny now but it wouldn't be funny if it was whoever you like or whatever you're into like i just no people were like it's the same thing as when like when when uh forgive me i don't know was it Lil Peep was the one that passed, correct? I mean, he did pass. He pe- yes, he did pass, mm-hmm. right? But I'm, but you see, like, I don't. To me, it's no different than like people weeping, or you know, fans of that person crying, and then there's other people who are taking the opportunity to like, I guess, mock their music or mock their lifestyle or mock whatever it was they're doing as some type of like. Uh, crackheads or whatever the case is like yo bro at the end of the day this is people's lives and like i like an inappropriate joke just as much as the next person but everything has limits everything has <laughs> like limits. you have to know you have to know where you are supposed to draw the line mm-hmm. and like a lot of the stuff that people like, it shouldn't even be an arguing point like that's what is weird to me that it even turned into a debate like how is it a debate about <laughs> he shot this person allegedly or is said to have shot this woman like what's the debate there's no debate like i've been in heated conversations with all types of people and never once in my life man woman or whatever have i ever thought like this conversation is making me so angry that i need to pull out a gun and like wave it at this person right like right yeah the fact that it's up for debate i think is the craziest part when you brought up the other rappers, like I actually I thought about the Kodak Black situation. Like when when Nipsey Hussle passed and Kodak Black made that joke about like he was gonna, you know, be next with Lauren London or whatever, the response to that wasn't, Oh, that's disrespectful against Lauren London. It's oh, you're being disrespectful against Nipsey. Which I understand that it, you know, it can be both, but at the same time, like that's how it had to be contextualized in order to even coax somewhat of an apology out of Kodak. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it and, became and, and, all and about get the outrage. You know what would Nipsey think as opposed to here's this woman like grieving the loss of her loved one and she can still hear you. How about that? Right. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a good example too, because it does seem, especially in some circles, that you know men want the respect of men but not necessarily uh, vie for the respect of women. And what Kodak did was disrespectful on all on all fronts. But the fact that you would not grace that woman with an apology says volumes of what you thought was offensive. You found that what you disrespected only Nipsey, but like 
No, nah, I mean, it's so much deeper than that. And I think that's where a lot of uh, just like, I guess, perspective gets lost. Is like, look who you're disrespecting and how far you should go to want the women respect as much as you want the men's respect. Because it's, I, mean, I read an article, and I gotta make sure I quote this correctly, when XXL was doing the making of uh, For Cuban Links, the Raekwon album, and RZA talks about how there was no women allowed in the studio. And it's just like, what? Like, like y'all didn't let women in the studio because you're thinking like, oh, uh, now like this is, this is like a men's zone. Like this is a men place of work. And that type of mentality adds to the boys club. It adds to who you think can come into this space. Who do you think has a voice in this space? And so often do we see that women's voices aren't respected in hip hop. They just mm-hmm. aren't. And mm-hmm. continuously, like we see with Megan, like her her appearance and her person and her energy, even like her having a hot girl summer, like these things are shot down immediately because they don't align with what men want. And I think there's something wrong with that. But the crazy part about it is, is that there's, there's like, this is like a, it's like a hypocrisy pretzel, right? Like, I don't know if Auntie Annie's makes this flavor or not. It's real like, salty, the, though. But it's real salty. It's full of salt. It's full of salt. And in this hypocrisy pretzel is like, okay, you say, like, these are things that don't align with what men want. And the, the irony of it is that it is what men want. But it's almost like, like, we want to see hot girl. I want to see hot girl summer. Facts. Like, you know, before we before we started the last podcast, you talked about this summer going on and we not having any sundresses. Like that hurt me. I was sad. That's that is something that I want. I want women to feel as good and as happy and as joyous as they want to feel. And everyone benefits from that. Like having the respect of of men. Having the respect of women is more valuable than having the respect of facts. Women. It's just, it's just more valuable. Like these are the same men who will also tell you that they don't do things to impress other men, but they very, very much want to be the cock of the walk. Like they very much want to be that alpha male, that person who, who, who gets the respect of all the men who all the men have to come to and bow down to and kiss the ring. Like that's a whole part of the bravado. That's a whole part of the image. But ultimately, there's no value. There's no real inherent value in that. Like if if you're looking for like a, uh, if you're looking for the barometer of how uh, successful you are, how powerful you are or how influential you are or how what you're able to accomplish because of your your own personal self-image and abilities and whatever your track record comes along with that makes people respect you, you'll get that a lot faster respecting women and having women respect you than the other way around. Let's be perfectly clear. That goes for Dre and Michelle too. Cause it's, Oh yeah. Even oh, though yeah. I just learned her name last week, it's uh-huh. fine. But like, uh-huh. <laughs> but like, I think, I think, Yeah. Absolutely, Jock. But it's also not even a question of like comparing men's respect to women's respect. Because unfortunately, in living in this patriarchal society, like internalized misogyny is real. 
And mm-hmm. when I look at something at how, when I look at how Dre and Michelle responds to this situation by joking, like, I want to do that, like, shoots me in the foot too. When I try to leave the car, that says to me, like, we have, like, we as a collective have our morals completely fucked up, like, to where that is the sort of joke that she feels like she has to make in order to fit into these, like, locker room conversations or locker room talks. Like, we collectively have to like question ourselves like where is this really coming from this urge to like be in on the joke and i think a lot of times it does stem from what yo was talking about which is this again just this idea that like even though women make up the the majority of the society we're still living by men's rules and women are just a distraction and i think that's actually like the butt of a lot of the hot girl summer jokes which is that like it was funny when news broke that Megan got shot, people were immediately trying to like compare like her twerking to like, you know, like her like trying to dodge the bullets like that were hitting the ground. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was so gross. It was so gross. But that's that's misogyny for you. Cause you make yeah. you make a person to a caricature, you know. A and, caricature, yes. And that's I think yes. that's the one thing that I always find like wild about social media is that you can be yourself and yet it can be looked at as a character. So at a time where like you need like real human empathy, you don't get that because people can't look beyond what they know you for or beyond their, uh, their relationship with your identity. And that's just so bizarre to me. It's like, like, how can you look at her only as this person who twerks or only as this person who has a song? It's like, you can't look at her as a human being as a woman who was in a situation that ended up getting her shot. Like, we don't even know what happened. Or even to say that, like, twerking commands disrespect in any particular Facts. way. Because that was really the coded mm-hmm. message behind all that, too. It's like, okay, because she decided to have a little bit of fun at the gas station to get her single big old freak, like, happening. All, like, this sort of, like, justifies this overall response because the art collectively our initial response to this was victim blaming it was like looking at what did megan do to justify this what did what did she do how does she react to whatever kylie or tori or whatever and not looking at tori and being like oh like he shot someone that's not how we're looking at this at all that's the part that keeps i I keep i say that to myself like every couple of days like he shot her like I have to say it to hear it and then like think about it what I said out loud and then process it that like what I said was allegedly right. what happened. But like I mean there's no level of, of of violence that's like acceptable or okay. But just saying it like not they got into an argument, not he threw her out the mm-hmm. house, not he pushed her not he, he slapped her he shot her twice like you allegedly, shot her allegedly. twice because we still don't we still don't allegedly. know what happened but like allegedly. let's just say he did it's like what the hell man but like like it's just it's very hard for me to process just seeing that we've seen a lot of rappers get into beef with one another rarely is it a man and a woman beefing to this kind of degree and definitely doesn't necessarily, it doesn't, it isn't a thing where you worry, will this man and this woman's argument with one another turn into gunplay? 
Mm-hmm. And, and yet here we are in 2020, amongst all the other crazy shit that's going on, we have this at our doorstep. And, you know, it's not... It's not saying that people aren't taking it seriously because obviously I see a lot of outpouring of love and support for Meg, you know, on social media, et cetera. So I think people are in tune to what's going on, but also it just feels, it just, I just wonder, does society or do we have like the bandwidth to properly publicly try this case the way we should when we're dealing with covid and social justice and an election and trump and like the million other things kids in school and like there's a million things going on no right justice now. for brianna and taylor yet right just brianna taylor's killers are still at large still going home to sleep and eat whatever they want to eat every night and have all their favorite snacks and this is going on and in a normal circumstance in a normal year when i mean yeah she can be crazy but like this would be a huge 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 problem every single day what are y'all like right now there's not even really a public campaign i know he just got out of interscope so he's free independent so there's no one to quote unquote drop him as far as like you know public pressure but like i don't really see public pressure like to that extent for like tory lanes to be dealt some type of consequences and I'm not saying that that's a, by any fault of people. I'm just saying that there's just a lot going on right now. And it feels like even though we feel bad for Meg and people are obviously, you know, supporting Meg, we don't know how this is going to end for Tory. And it very well may end up in prison. Like, he committed a crime if, he, if he's found guilty of this. Like, you know, California gun laws are no joke. Uh, they do not play around out there. And having a concealed weapon in itself is bad it'll get you sat down but you got it and you used it against a woman in the hills like this is very bad this is very 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 bad on a lot of levels and i don't have any particular sympathy for tory to that degree but this is this is very very yeah, to, bad. to your point Shaw, i do think it's interesting how the jokes come first like we we react in jokes. I'm not gonna say we, but I think people react in jokes. Yeah. But it always comes to question of when someone does something to someone, and I don't really believe in cancellation because I, I don't know how that thing works when it works. Like I haven't seen it executed in a way where I feel that what was done warrants the reaction. But in a case like this, where it was like obviously a domestic situation. What happens to the male rapper, the male artist, the male entertainer in this in this case? Like, are we going to see more people like T-Pain, like, ask and crowdsource from the people if they would like uh, to see Tory Lanez on a song with them? Or will it start to be something that's just like a known fact? Like, we don't we don't want no music from this guy. Well, I will say this. Um, unlike other entertainers who have gotten themselves in trouble. More often than not, those some of those other instances were with people who were way more popular, way more valuable to the overall marketplace. Um, I look at Tory Lane. I mean, I know he's done a lot of features and he's been featured on a lot of records, but I still look at him like a loner. Mm. Like he's not associate. I don't associate Tory Lanez with anyone but himself. Mm. Like he doesn't. I don't see him as like. 
a, a click crew, you know, even if they're not part of a crew, I affiliate myself with these people. Yeah. You know I mean? like, oh my God. That's true. Tory Lanez is just a solo act as far as I'm concerned. So to me, it's like no one has to work with Tory Lanez. Interesting. Mm. If they don't if they, if they if they don't want you know what I'm saying? Like true. If, if if you're going if you're going to work with Tory Lanez, you're not doing it, I don't think, on some like, ah, oh, this dude is foul, but I need to get this record popping. If he sing this hook, this will be the you know what I mean? Like I don't he's I don't look at him as that guy. So Viacon Dios, Tori, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just tried to name five of his features in my mind. I don't know them songs. I know they exist. I know if I go on Spotify right now and type in his name, a m- oh, something songs will pop will come up. up. Something will pop up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something will definitely he, pop he up. He is interesting in the way that like I don't associate him with a click, but he is a, a consistent featured artist. Like Tory, Tory gets gives a lot of features, and he also receives a lot of features. Like his his albums tend to be very stacked with guests, and I think the Chicks Tape Five tape part of the appeal of that record was he was flipping samples by all these artists, and he was able to get them to appear on those records. And yeah, had them, so yeah. one thing is his social currency is pretty high, even though we don't associate him with any particular click. Like he has social reach. And they were able to clear all those samples, like off the strength. Uh, Quarantine Radio, he was able to get a lot of guests to come in. I think the the highest viewed episode had Drake. Drake popped in, you know, Drake and Tori was beefing for a while, but they were able to like mend that. And I, I found Drake was pretty supportive of Tori moving forward. So like that's to me what's really interesting about Tory Lanez is him and Megan's social currencies are pretty high. You know, Megan has Beyonce, Tori was able to get Drake. It's like you're able to reach some of the highest profile artists in the world right now. So what happens next? Does Tori next album just be with no features? Does it go double platinum with no features? You know, like, would that not be something crazy to see that happen in real time? Or, go ahead. You, I don't think you'd be able to work with Tori and still expect to work with That's Megan. what I'm saying. Like, I'm wondering what the... the it's not, I don't think it's going to happen. I think someone's going to draw a line. I don't know... If 1501 cares about Meg's well-being, I mean, they just were beefing to some extent over the contract and things like that. I don't know where they stand with supporting Meg in this whole thing. But, um, yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to have a Megan Thee Stallion feature and then be running around doing songs with Tori. I think that someone is going to make you pick a side. Could be but wrong. That's, but, but that's where but, social currency really has some type of value in, in the music industry, because we all know Megan being high, everyone wanted to be seen with Megan from Wiz Khalifa to Chief yeah. Like everybody wanted to be associated with the stallion. Now, on the flip side, Tory being so hot with Quarantine Radio, he also had that social level of currency where you wanted to be associated with the guy that was hot. Like that's that's why to me this case is so fascinating because there is social implications to the actions. Like what he did is going to have some type of impact, but I'm not exactly sure how or or to what effect are we going to actually see it play out in public. Like we're starting to see some like Kalani removed him from the deluxe version of her album. Obviously, T Pain tweet. Um, you know, we saw that Rihanna sent Megan flowers on Instagram. Beyonce also sent her flowers. So there is a line already kind of being drawn. So and and uh, and and Rihanna dropped Drea from uh, Fenty yeah. Savage. 
Yeah, like there's a certain energy that people are very self-aware that you're going to have to pick a side. Now, it's to me, how do we take a situation like this and move forward in the future where what's the proper way to react to these things? Obviously, one is not telling jokes, but as uh, on social media where the audience does have power, where your contacts have power, where your network has power, is there a proper uh, procedure that we should do once we decide that a person has done something that goes beyond our own personal morals and goes against the way we want to run business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of it kind of is contingent on Trey Sons and how he chooses to walk away from this situation, right? I mean, the justice system will do what it needs to do. Like Josh said, you know, if California does what it usually does, then he will certainly face repercussions on that front. The question then becomes... How does Trey respond to all this? If he does the amount of reflection that was supposed to come out of this pandemic, right? And says, hey, I was really out of line. First of all, I shouldn't have had that gun on me. Second of all, there is not a discussion in the world that warrants that sort of reaction to where I'm pulling a gun out and shooting someone in the foot twice. If he is man enough to say, hey, I was wrong, then that completely changes the trajectory. If that was the thing with Chris Brown, because for as much time as he spent going to different facilities and serving his community service, doing his community service rather, he never showed remorse other than for how it hurt his career. And it's for that very reason that many of folk have not forgiven him whatsoever. That he he isn't blacklisted necessarily, but we remember that he never said anything that resembled an apology to Rihanna. So Trey Songs has to do that, I think. And that it's complete like so you, if you he just call that man Trey Songs. I did, you did, did it. No, I did the thing that yeah. I said I wasn't yeah. gonna do. No, okay, before all the recording. I was like, Got him. you know how sometimes you could just glance at a word and based on the first letter and the last letter, you can be like, oh, it's that word. I do Tory Lanez and Trey songs. I get them confused all the time. And I don't know. <laughs> they do, I know what Trey songs looks like. I don't know what Tory Lanez looks like. But, oh my God. There's a lot of people that feel that way. You're not on your own with that one. I'm like, not. Tory Lanez is kind of a, uh, no, I think Tory Lanez for a lot of people was kind of like an ethereal figure who just like, I don't know if this will make any sense. Well, maybe it will make sense to you. We'll see. So you know how sometimes you have video games where you do like a creative player and while you're in the process of creating a player, it's not like a fully formed person. It's just like a shadowy figure that you're yeah. like giving attributes to or something. I feel like that's Tory Lanez. Like he's just a, like a shadowy person that's in the process of being made and he's just kind of there until you give him like clothes and like something to say. Oh my God. I'm so glad you humbled me, yo. I really felt like I was on one and then you're like, you "You, you just called him Trey Songz. You made your point and it was a strong point, but like it did not, it wasn't for Trey Songz. I hope hope Trey, (laughs) hope Trey is in some way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Oh, is there anything else that we could take away from this other than let, please let's not confuse those two ever again. Yeah, let's not let's not to confuse those two ever again. Let's um let's continue to support Meg how we have been. Um 
I mean, I guess we're all watching to see. I don't think Tory is probably. I mean, he may say something like some pat response about privacy and whatever, but like I doubt his lawyers are going to let him speak publicly. Like I'm sure his lawyers are telling him don't say anything. Matter of fact, don't tweet, don't Instagram. Has he tweeted anything or been on Instagram at all since this happened? I'm sure they're telling him, listen, it's serious. If you want to stay free, you need to shut up because if you do not, if you speak like this is going to get bad, regardless of whatever you say, this is going to be very bad. You might go to prison. So you need to not play around with this no more. So yeah, I don't think we'll hear from Tory Lanez until he shows up in court. I'd be shocked if he says something publicly other than respect my privacy, legal process, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to yeah, see. Yeah, I think that's still a big part of uh, where society is right now when it comes to these situations. We're, we're learning on the fly, unfortunately. Like There's a learning curve because social media is so new. I don't care what no one says. Social media is like a, a brand new way of processing information. So not only are we processing information, we're waiting for what's going to happen next. Like we're always waiting for what's next. Uh, and until the, the situation concludes itself, we won't really be able to look at it from a complete step back and view it as a whole. Like the Drea situation, like I would have never imagined someone being on a platform and saying what she said. And it's just like, oh shit. Like, people have bad takes about this. Like, there's going to be people that's going to come out and say things about this that I'm not going to say they're getting canceled, but it's going to make us reassess the conversation. I do believe that with Tory still not having to speak, uh, with the justice system still processing this uh, trial, there's going to be way more conversations about this. It's just, it's not going to stop today. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in kind of seeing moving forward how everything pans out because I do believe it's going to affect the next thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just hoping that in the end um, there is a moment of reckoning. Um, there is a moment of self-reflection. And I really, I think it all comes down to recognizing the humanity, um, especially of black women, but just recognizing the humanity of general for people and realizing that like there's way more to them than some social media clap that you might get for 15 minutes minutes seconds something like that something like that likes retweets <laughs> what's faster 15 seconds or 15 retweets that sounds like an sat question <laughs> <laughs> In this virtual learning landscape? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like something you get into college based off the answer to that question. Um, well, we appreciate y'all so much for listening to this episode of Something to Say. Um The two point the two point version of this episode. The 2.0, which I will argue is in fact an upgrade. Um It is it, it there's something to that. Yeah. There is something to that. For sure, for sure. Um the mics that Yo and Ja are using come courtesy of our Patreon supporters. We paid for it with their with y'all's funds and we y'all's contributions, and we so so greatly appreciate being able to do this podcast while in self quarantine. So thank you guys so much. Um, if you Church. if you want more information, head over to Patreon.com/slash something to say.